I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everyone. It is Jake Seeley at All In Kid. You know where to find me. It's a big show today. Not only is it the two guests Thursday, not only is it Kono's Thursday, but I have probably the best intro guest ever, the first half guest. I, I, I can't even get the words out because I'm so excited. You'll have to see who it is. But before I get to it, as a reminder, as always, you can go to The Athletic, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you can still save 30%. Go to theathletic.com front slash all in sports. Also, go catch myself, Joe Pizapia, Chris Meany over on our Patreon page, patreon.com front slash all in sports. We get extra podcasts, an extra show every month on YouTube channel. The extra, like we do a lot of things for you. You get the black book. We're giving away the Keenan Allen signed jersey next week. So that time is almost up if you haven't signed up yet. Uh, you can support us, kind of give you your input, do other fun things. So go check that out. Uh, like I said, so I, I just kind of want to get into today because I already gave away the helmet and I told you guys I am going to be doing another giveaway. I am going to be doing the stuff with the shirts. I'll let you know about that next week. But I just want to jump in to today's show because I'm too, I'm too excited. All right, and my first guest today, look, you guys know me by now, but I know you know my first guest, and I could not be happier to have this guest today. It's been a long time. I've wanted this to happen. It's kind of a dream come true, although I've already met the person in person. It's none other than former Matt, third baseman. You know him, number five. You have the nickname, the captain. Everybody knows it. It's David Wright, which I know I sent you the picture. I have his freaking jersey behind me, so this is pretty awesome, David. Uh, I appreciate that. Very kind words, but you need to set your set your goals a little higher, I think. So, but what what an honor to be on. So thanks for having me. I I think you're gonna have to set your goals higher if this is an honor for you. I mean, it's me. It's, it's like my podcast. Come on. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, uh, you know, you've been very kind to to come to uh, my charity events in the past. So, you know, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I circled the date and. Uh, couldn't sleep last night. I was so excited. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's why you couldn't sleep. Not the two kids. So that's why you couldn't sleep. Uh, <laughs> you know, actually, you know what? Speaking of not sleeping, I, how excited are you for your playoffs? Because I know I, I talked to you and you made the playoffs in all three of your leagues this year. Yes. Um, this has been somewhat of a, a unicorn for me this year where, um, and, I, and I will say this before I go any further, uh, he's probably going to listen to this. So I, I hired a general manager this year for the first time. Now, the way that it works with, with myself, and, and you know my general manager before I say his name. Um, <laughs> so I'm very hands-on, very hands-on. But with three teams, help with our Mets team. Uh, our clubhouse does a league every year. And this guy's got a great track record. It's our bullpen catcher, Dave Racanello. So he's been helping me kind of with the day-to-day -day stuff, the, some of the waiver stuff. Um, he watches game film when he's on the uh, Stairmaster in the morning. So I hired a good one, but, um, yeah, so three for three, my back home league, um, the Mets league. And then there's a, a, a league 
that has, uh, you know, some current and former baseball players in it um, where uh, we won the points title in all three of my leagues. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I was, I was kind of giving them a rack, our our bullpen catcher, my GM for the Mets, one of the little craps in that, you know, I did these other two leagues on my own and won the points title and he helped me with the Mets one and he's claiming it's all him, all him. So yeah, it's been a fun fantasy football season so far. All right. Well then two questions. Uh, Have I given you any help this year? Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, you're very kind to reach out and we made the connection, like I said, at my, uh, charity event Virginia and you were kind enough to share your email and uh, um, you know at the very onset of the season um, you know when I'm kind of doing my studying and everything uh, I looked at the rankings and uh, you know definitely uh, put them to good use. All right so the second question is of the three leagues which matters the most to you like if you can only pick one that you could win which is the most important one? Man um the Mets one's big just because, um, you know, there's a lot of trash talk. And, you know, I, I, one of the biggest things I love about fantasy football is you got, you know, you got all the guys that keep in touch over the course of the winter. And it kind of brings you together a little bit as a team when you can talk trash to each other and make trades. Although trades don't happen very often in the Mets league because everybody feels like they're getting taken advantage of. So the, the trades are few and far between. Like we had uh, one of our relievers, we had to, we had to get on, uh, let's see, what was the waiver wire last night? Because one of our relievers, I won't mention his name, Paul Seawold, picked <laughs> up a guy when he's not in the playoffs. I mean, I, it, that's like rule number one. You don't pick up a guy if you're not in the playoffs. Oh, so, my, oh my gosh. I am so glad you said that. I am so, so I apparently, so, well, this is going to kind of turn into a sidebar question. That's going to, you'll see why. Now, earlier today on Twitter, somebody said, how do you feel about that exact thing, Dave? And I said, if you're in the if the playoffs have started and you're not in the playoffs and it's not a keeper league, you don't have a constellation bracket where you get a prize or something for last. Like it, all these caveats, throw them out the window. Everybody's got caveats for everything. If it's just a standard league where you're out of the playoffs and the playoff teams don't play for anything, you cannot make pickups, and you would not believe the backlash I got on Twitter. So I want you what? to talk about that again, and then also what? I think. Yeah, the second part of the question is, is that why you're not on Twitter? Because I know you're not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a big social media guy. Um, I don't know. I've just never gotten into it. But, uh, you know, obviously all my teammates and everything are. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of backlash for, for Paul Seawald picking up a, a player when he has nothing to do with the playoffs. You know, there's no prizes for consolation in the Mets League. Um, you know, I guess he wants to be the consolation champion for whatever that's worth. But, um yeah, you know, he got a lot of backlash starting with uh, Jerry Blevins and Todd Frazier. You know, those guys really got on him. And, uh, you know, we had to set the record straight from here on out, which I thought didn't need to be said. But I guess it's a bigger deal than, you know, if you got backlash on Twitter that I didn't think. I thought it was just rule of thumb that you don't pick up yeah. guys if you're not in the play. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not. I just want to make that clear. I told everybody on Twitter, you're 100% wrong. And I, you know what? If you penalize the person in the last place, obviously, if there's keepers. But, you know, the flex leagues that we do that I set up, this is a bunch of experts leagues, is if we have a constellation bracket because the winner of the constellation bracket gets to pick their draft position the next year, that's how we kind of keep everybody involved just to have fun. But we also have right. a rule where 
you still can't make waivers until the playoff teams made waivers. So you have to let the playoff teams do their thing when the waivers run, and then you can go pick up like from the scrap. So you're not completely out there, but I'm with you. I, I didn't even think it was going to be an issue. I was just putting it out there just in case people didn't know. And I was shocked at the, the, the backlash of that. All right, so I kind of want to ask you about that, that, you know, the league that you have with the Mets too. Is it's like you said the mm-hmm. smack talk. Is there somebody specifically like you'd never want to lose to? Like, is there something like, you just get the thrill, like beating the heck out of them if you can? Oh, man. Um, pretty much all of them. Um, oh, come on. There's got to be one. There's, gotta, there's know, always like one. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me think for a second. Um, you know, just because he's been – all right, a little backstory. You know, I'm not sure how much time we got here, but give, let me give you a little backstory here. Okay. All right, so – uh, Rack and I, my general manager, you know, we, 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 we pick cards, uh, you know, early, uh, August to do draft position every year. So we're picking our cards and we got our draft position and him and I huddled together and we said, you know what? Um, I don't love our draft position, you know, for whatever reason, it was kind of both input. We wanted Kamara and we had the fourth pick and that was a little early for him then. So we were trying to trade down a few spots. Um, you know, regardless, we, we found a, a taker at like number seven or something to, to trade four for seven, all the draft picks, because that's the way we've done it in our league where you can't, you know, I can't trade you my first round for your second and third. It has to be right, right. complete draft slot trading. So we did the complete draft slot trading. And then all of a sudden Todd Frazier comes up and starts rallying everybody against us saying that we can't trade draft picks. And, <laughs> you know, so then it gets in a big, you know, we're taking votes and seeing who wins this and that. So finally, Rack and I just say, you know what, forget about it. We don't want to divide the league over this. Whoa, whoa. And, and Frazier's a good sport about everything, but he talks a lot of trash. So I guess he would be the guy. He actually made the playoffs. He slipped in, I think, to the sixth position in the, in the playoffs. Um, so I would say that, you know, I'd like to see him in the championship and, and beat up on him pretty good. But I think we get the winner. We have a bye. We get the winner of Blevins. And let me see, Blevins and oh man, it's it's not coming to me. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> this, maybe this per- Austin Jackson. Maybe Austin Jackson. Okay, I was gonna say this so, person's gonna be like, oh, <laughs> thanks, Dave. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. All right, so. I, I'm going to sidebar on a couple things real quick and come back to fantasy. I have one question I've always wondered with you, and you know Jose this. Jose Batista. Be- oh, Jose-, Jose Batista. Oh, for the record. There you go. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Does, I was surprised Jose Batista. I didn't expect him to play this. Is he really into it, or is he kind of one of those ones that snuck in? Be well, honest. He got traded. So it was, it was funny because he got traded uh, to Philadelphia um, right. Be- right, right before our draft, and they had a night game the night that we were supposed to do our in-person live draft. So he's and he took forever for his picks and he's just getting worn out. You know, like we're yelling at him on FaceTime and stuff, hurry up, hurry up. And he's just I mean, he was a great sport about it, but you know, he really he took our draft, which is normally probably about four hours, and made it probably six hours because it oh. just took him forever to get his picks oh. in. Uh, but he was doing it from satellite, you know, remote satellite in his hotel room in Philadelphia. So, you know, he's excused. But anyways, uh, I plan on beating up on on either Jose Batista or or Jerry Blevins in the in the second round. By the way, so social media-wise, just so you know, I don't know if you know this about Jose Bautista, but he kind of follows everybody that he ever sees in his Twitter timeline. He follows like 1.2 million people, and he follows me despite I've never talked to him. <laughs> just a, there you go. Well, it's you, know, weird, you, you should feel honored that you're one of the 1.2 million. 1.2 million. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more honored with this. All right. 
this was, I want to go back. So this is non-fancy, but I have a question. And like I said, what I was going to say is, you know this from when we talked at your benefit for CHKD. And I said that I still remember when I drafted you when you were first with the Mets and everything like that. One thing I've watched for your entire career, I've always wondered about this. Where did you get your pre-bat ritual from? Like, is that, was that all the way through high school? Or like, was it, was it like, hey, you watched a lot of No More Garcia Perry and you kind of wanted to do your own thing? Like, where did it all come from? I think in baseball in general that we're so routine oriented that you, you come up with something and probably, you know, I don't think it wasn't anything that I planned or, or drew out, but um, you know, everything I guess has some sort of meaning or reason. Like on the on deck circle, I try to, you know, visualize the strike zone and take a swing that hits a pitch that's up and away and then uh, middle away, then down and away. And then, you know, um, up and in, middle in, down, you know, to try to visualize the strike zone. And then just the stretching and the deep breath, you know, it's just things that I've kind of come up with over the years. Like I try to visualize, uh, you know, before on the on-deck circle, the last thing I want to think about is going up there and putting a good swing on a ball and hitting a ball hard. Um, and then, you know, kind of some of the twisting and turnings has probably has to do with all the injuries that I've had over the years trying to keep <laughs> things loose. Um, but I think we're just all routine driven and routine oriented. And once you find something that you believe works, you, you really stick with it because it's such a, a routine driven game. Okay. All right. One more question. Maybe we'll get back to fantasy. And now this is another be honest with me here type of thing. When they first designed city field and the, the, the gap in the alleys and everything, did you just look at you? Were you like, come on guys. That's like my, that, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it was funny because, um, our ownership took us over to City Field while it was under construction. I remember going over there, I think with maybe Carlos Delgado and Carlos Beltran when City Field was under construction. So we were the first ones to take BP. And it, I mean, there was no, obviously no dirt, no grass. It was just a, a construction site, but the walls were up. And, you know, we're hitting them and we're kind of looking at each other and being like, man, this is uh, a you know, it's, the ball's not flying very well here, but you know, then we looked at each other, like, it, you know, it's, it's like Colorado where it's, yeah, it's big out there, but there's a lot of room in the outfield and those, uh, you know, the balls that might be homers turn into to doubles or triples. And that's true. I mean, you know, right center at city or the, the alleys in general, they, uh, you know, if you can run a little bit, you hit the ball in the gap and, and it's, uh, you know, obviously a sure double, but you know, a lot of times a triple, especially, you know, when I was younger and I could run. So, um, yeah, there's always a kind of a silver lining, but yeah, it definitely played really, really big the first few years and then they made the adjustments to bring it in. So I think it plays a little more fair now, but, um, definitely a big, big ballpark and they've, they've built that team around pitching. So, uh, I'm sure they're very appreciative of the pitchers. Oh, I'm sure. All right. Back to fantasy. So you said your points leaders. So there's, two, this is kind of a two part question when you go into your drafts, because I get this question a lot for me, especially when I'm playing in double digit leagues is do you go with a, Hey, I don't want to own somebody in all three of my teams. Or were you like, Hey, I want, like you mentioned Camaro was like, I want to get Camaro in all three teams. And the second part of that question was, was there some players that really carried you to those points leads that you had this year? Like, cause did you hit like these, like couple few guys? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. Cause last year, I ended up with like the number one pick in, I'm, I think all three of my leagues, just coincidentally. And I took David Johnson and he obviously got hurt. Like, I think it was the first game. So, right. you know, but I'm right. always under, I'm always, you know, my mindset is that I'm going to pick the guys that I want and I want to get the same, I want to build the same team in all three leagues. I hate rooting against my guys. You know, like when you get into the leagues where it's like, 
he's on my team in this league, but I'm going against him in this league. So I got to root against him because I need to win more in this league. So, <laughs> right. so I, I'd rather have the same team in all three of my leagues. You know, I want to either blow it out of the water and win all three leagues, or I just want to fail in all three leagues. I, I'd, I'd rather have that mindset where it's like all or nothing. So, um, and then the second part of that question, um, we were high on, on, you know, at quarterback, we were high on Matt Ryan. So we have Matt Ryan in, in the leagues and he's put up um, some pretty good fantasy numbers. Um, in the Mets league, um, Rack, I'm not very active on the trades. I like to just kind of – I like to let their guys – unless it's obviously a glaring need, let the guys that, you know, I drafted kind of do their thing. But Rack's very active. So we ended up trading for Keenan Allen uh, halfway through the year. Uh, we drafted Diggs. Um, and then we've kind of rotated uh, Sutton and Ridley in the third spot for our wide – we start three wide receivers. And then, as I mentioned, Kamara. And then we're pretty deep with our second running back. We have Lindsey. Um, we drafted Deion Lewis. Um, we traded for uh, Michelle New England. Um, we had Carson. So we were kind of deep with that second running back. And then Rack made a great trade midway through the year for Zach Ertz uh, as our tight end. So, you know, we, we, we kind of assembled that team, you know, kind of parts here, parts there. And, and it's obviously worked out well for us. And um, But I would say – and then I went in the in the other league. Um, I went. We start two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. So I went receiver, receiver, receiver in the draft, and I took um, Hopkins, Julio, Tyree Kill, and that's really worked oh, wow. out well for me. Those, the combination <laughs> yeah. of those three. Um, I, I want to go back real quick. You're saying we a lot, but it sounds like Rack deserves a lot of the credit for the other team. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> he deserves 50% of the credit. Yes. Um, he, 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 he's like my day-to-day guy, you know, I'm, I'm ownership. So all trades and, and, and draft picks go, go through. through me. Yeah. So they go through me, but, um, uh, at the end of the day, we talk a lot. We talk, uh, you know, pretty frequently, especially in the off season, because both of us are just kind of sitting around, um, you know, watching football. So, but he, he deserves a lot of the credit. I will say that, but, but 50% of the credit. Okay, as long as, you're, as long as you're not one of the guys who, like, you get a trade offer and you just let it sit there for three days and don't say anything. No, 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 no. I, I, always, I always reply, and I'm very active. You know, I don't want it to make it sound like, you know, he's doing all the work here. We're, we're, we're a good team. All right, so player fantasy-wise, like, I'll get, like, two more questions for you. Player fantasy-wise, because you're not on social media, but I, I'm sure you got it anyway while you were playing – to understand like what these players go through. And I always tell people don't tweet at the players, leave them alone. Like it, it, does that ever, did it ever get into your mind of like, Oh, you know, my fancy, my fancy owners are upset with me or like, yeah, I mean, th- did that really ever even come into your mind? Even when you got yelled at for it? Yeah. I mean, cause I, I you know, I, I would obviously never yell at them, you know, maybe because I, I kind of know how hard it is to play the game, but uh, you know, I'm just saying on the TV, you know, when, uh, you know, like you got to get, you know, you got to get in that, you know, you're getting the ball hands off to the one yard line. You got to get in right there. And I catch myself. I'm like, it's not that easy. You know, that's like one of the fans going to you, you know, get a hit right here. You know, why are you swinging at that pitch? You know, it's a lot more difficult, obviously, than, uh, you know, to, to watch it on TV and it's to actually be involved in it. But yeah, I remember, um, you know, when, uh, you know, when I was going well, um, you know, you'd have guys yelling at you, you know, I drafted you in the first round, you know, I can't believe you just struck out three times. And I'm like, I'm trying, you know, I understand the pressure. You know, I put the same pressure on these football players. So, um, you know, it's kind of fun. And then I got a buddy back home that, 
used to draft me no matter you know what the situation was he used to draft me every year in his fantasy baseball team and you know, he'd be like, all right, we need 30 stolen bases this year. We need to be 30-30 again. And I'm like, hey, man, it's not that easy. You know, it's not like a video game. You know, I'll try my best, but, you know, my number one goal isn't to win you your fantasy baseball season. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and I, I certainly understand, um, you know, when the fans kind of talk like that because, you know, being on the other side of it and being a, a fan and, and, and playing fantasy football, it's, uh, uh, you know, it gets nerve-wracking sitting there and watching the TV all day. Oh, it definitely does. Actually, real quick, do you ever reach out to, like, if, do you know any football players? Do you ever reach out for some, like, inside information? Do you guys get that as, like, professional athletes? Yeah, for sure. I remember I've asked a ton of people. I've become uh, really good friends with, with Dallas Clark. Uh, so he's helped me out a couple of years, just, like, you know, identifying players that he thought uh, were going to have good years. And, um, uh, you know, I remember – I can't remember what year it was, but I had the first pick and I drafted, uh, LT, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. And, um, he was doing vitamin water stuff with, with me. And I was with vitamin water at the time. And I remember he sent me this sweet Jersey and he put like, thanks for making me the number one pick. So I wore it to the draft and I uh, drafted LaDainian first overall. So yeah, I mean, I, I would use any resource that I could get. So uh, <laughs> getting to know some of these NFL guys over the years, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely would lean on inside information. All right. This was the last one I originally had planned for you now, because you're, you're definitely on the fan side of football things. Is there one and be honest and don't worry. Like I don't have professional football players listening to this. Is there a player yeah. that you're specifically a sucker for? And maybe it's Camara, like you said, and is there one that's like in your doghouse that you'll never roster because of something that maybe happened or you're just like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I will never own Jared Cook. He's in, like, I, I hate this because every time I try to you like, I, I was like, all right, Jared Cook, I trust you. And then he lets me down for three weeks and then I let him go and I let somebody else deal with it and he goes off. And so, like, that's, that's mine. Do you have one of those? Do you have one that you'll always want to roster and apologize for and then one that you will never touch? Um, let me see. Well, the guy that, like I said, had a, I had a sour taste and, and I feel terrible even saying this because I understand how injuries work, but I had the first, like I mentioned earlier, the first overall pick. So David Johnson, um, getting hurt last year, um, you know, that, that crushed the, the, the fantasy teams, but that's not, so I, I would draft him again if, uh, you know, if the situation arose. So I, I don't think there's anybody like that, that you said that, that I wouldn't draft, but the guy who I, I mean, I love watching him play. And I just, I enjoy, I had him on my team last year and I wanted him again this year and Rack overruled me because um, they, they, Diggs and Thielen were about the same, if I remember correctly, the same kind of average draft position. And Rack was really high on Diggs and he's had an incredible year, but I was really high on Thielen. And nice. wait, I, think, I think he's still leading the, the league in, in, in receiving. So, you know, that's the one guy. So every time that like Thielen has a monster game, you know, I, I text Rack and I'm like, hey, here, here's my guy. Here's my guy. What's your guy <laughs> doing? And, and, and obviously, you know, Diggs has, has held his own and had a really good year himself. But uh, Thielen's my guy. I just love, I love watching him play, um, you know, and just enjoy, enjoy his game in general. And I had him last year, so I was a little um, – yeah, you know, I wanted him again this year, but 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 we didn't get him. You, you know who had him a few spots ahead of Diggs this year, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. See, so you need, you need to talk to Rack about this. You know, Rack yeah, was yeah. ultimately, you know, he he wanted Diggs. He came to ownership and wanted Diggs, and they had worked on out of contract, I guess, behind the scenes. So, you know, Diggs was our guy instead of Thielen, <laughs> and I think he went like a pick or two after after Diggs, and uh, 
I mean, ever since then, you start comparing the two, but they've, they've certainly both had great years. Hey, stand your ground next time. And real quick before you get out of here, we were doing this for fun today, but you, you mentioned it a couple of times. I want everybody to know because, that, like I said, that's where I met you and the CHKD and the, the foundation you have, everything like that. Do, do a favor and let everybody know what that is because they can go online and still actually help with that. Yeah, we do an event every year in January. It's usually the third week in January. And uh, for those of you that don't know CHKD, it's a Children's Hospital of King's Daughters. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. And, um, you know, being where that's where I'm from, um, you know, you'd be hard pressed asking somebody in that area. Uh, and if they haven't directly been affected in a positive way by CHKD, they certainly know somebody who has, um, you know, in just a, a tremendous children's hospital. And, you know, I go visit, uh, I try to go visit a few times a year and hang out with the kids and play games. And obviously, um, you know, try to have these big elaborate fundraisers, charity events to, to, to benefit the hospital. And um, it's amazing going in there and meeting kids um, from New York who come down to Virginia. You would never, you'd think it'd be opposite, but there's a lot of kids from the Northeast, from all over the country. They, they specialize in a couple of different procedures coming to Norfolk, Virginia, you know, for care and, you know, being able to go hang out with those kids during the holidays and, you know, be able to put on these types of elaborate events. You know, we, um, even before, you know, I, I guess I had the, um, notoriety or, uh, you know, certainly the financial aspect of it to, to help out this hospital. I really enjoyed getting to know the kids there and, uh, you know, hanging out and, and playing games and, and just, um, doing anything I could to, to put a smile or talk baseball with these kids, um, you know, going through the treatments that they're going through. So it's something that's near and dear, you know, to me. And, uh, you know, we've been doing it for a number of years now, raised well over a million dollars uh, for the hospital. And, uh, you know, hopefully it keeps going because it's a, a tremendous cause. Yeah, it definitely is. And I know we all appreciate this area, as you said. I definitely appreciate you coming on. One of the best ever to put on a Mets jersey. Thanks, David. I, I really hope you enjoy your holidays. And I actually, I'll see you soon. I'm glad to see that happening. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. And uh, enjoyed talking some fantasy with you. Of course. All right. And it's Thursday. So you know what that means. James Coe, Kono's, follow that James D. Coe. Catch him on Sunday mornings. Catch him on Sundays in general if you go to the Fantasy Zone channel on DirecTV where you can get some. I, I like that, James, that it has like the blue instead of the red. So it really differentiates the two channels. <laughs> <laughs> that's true right exactly there you go what are you watching blue or red what are you, what are you, what are yeah. you watching it yeah, kind of gives right. you that, that, that clue to which one you're going with all right so we got a lot to dive into for week 14 of the season what great timing there's a lot we've already talked about with the running back situation but the one that just happened yesterday which is a very big one is emmanuel sanders is now to the ir his season is done uh, very disappointing for people who owned him because this looked like a great opportunity to bounce back this week. The concern with Cortland Sutton was that he was going to be facing Richard Sherman, and we had concerns about that. But now, before we get to the extraneous parts, is Cortland Sutton, is he just going to fall into the Corey Davis from earlier this year where, yeah, that's great, you're getting 30% of the share, but it doesn't matter if you're facing competition you can't really handle or your quarterback isn't that good. That's a great point, you know, because you you kind of look at the overall volume. I think, man, that's a that's a great comp with uh, Corey Davis, um, because you're right. He he walks into an unbelievable amount of volume. Uh, I mean, of course, Deshaun Hamilton's going to step in and, and and see some work as well. Um, but I mean, you do have to question how much chemistry there is between, you know, Deshaun Hamilton and and Case Keenum. You know, it, the thing is too. 
they're down to their what they're they're down to their second or third tight end they're down you know um i mean they started the the, the year with um with Cortland Sutton as a third wide receiver you know what i mean so right. oh man this this passing offense definitely looks like it's in a little bit of trouble meanwhile they run the ball really well i mean they're yeah. running the ball extraordinarily well with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman so to me, I don't know. This this game script just kind of screams run, you know. Like, and San Francisco's okay against the run, but they're not great. And you just kind of figure this might be a, a little bit of a lower scoring game. I mean, God, geez, look on the other sideline too. You know, I mean, how many offensive injuries and in, in, you know subs do they have on on the San Francisco sideline too? So it's like it's nuts. This game is it's the injury bowl. This one really. <laughs> that's, that's just true you know real quick as a side i'm going to come back to the tight end situation for a second is there any because i was surprised when somebody asked me this i was like i don't even think it's a race i think it's a really a race for second place but is there any chance Lindsay catches saquon barkley for rookie of the year <clears throat> um no but it's it's a it's an interesting proposition i, I think I think a lot of football insiders know about Philip Lindsay, um, and and I and I think See, certainly he I will. I feel like he's going to get like the LeBron James when J, when like Jalen Rose won the uh, Jalen Rose, <laughs> Derek Rose won the MVP that one year where it's kind of like we don't want to vote for LeBron. Like you said, it's like the insiders mm-hmm. will be like, no, we're smart, we're going to vote for Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, and he's a great story. He's a great great story. Um, yeah, God, that's. I never even considered it, but now that I think about it, look, there's going to be some met. People are going to be like, "Oh, his yards per carry," and look, he, right. he's you know all, he's got all these yards, and I mean, he's got a great story, um, and I think a lot of football insiders will certainly gravitate towards that. But that being said, uh, Saquon's I think definitely a rookie of the year, and um, but Phil Lindsay will get some votes. I think you're right. I think he will get some votes. He'll steal some away. All right, so you talked about the fact that they're like on their third tight end now. Is I mean, can if you're desperate at tight end, would you consider Lacoste? Because I mean, we say this, and you said walk into a great situation. All that, even if Sutton gets thirty, an insane number. Let's give him thirty five percent of the targets. Yeah, that's still sixty five. There's still some left. Yeah. Right, Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Lacoste, Lindsay out of the backfield. I mean, there has to be something there. I'm actually surprised by how little they throw to Lindsay. You know what I mean? He's got 32 yeah. targets on the entire year. Um, it's only 8% of the target share for the entire year. And, and it's crazy. So this is an offense that doesn't really throw to their running backs. I mean, you know, Royce Freeman's got seven targets on the entire year too. So it's like, all right, they really just <laughs> – I mean, if you think about it, you know, between those two guys, 40 targets total? That's That's – kind of strange honestly for a, a, a modern day offense but um but yeah you, you got to think that Lacoste is going to see you know at, I would say anywhere between six to eight targets and I know he didn't do he did literally nothing last week but when a you know when a tight end sees six to eight targets I just don't think that's something that you can really ignore uh, given the position. So, yeah, I think, I think there's something to be had there with, uh, with Lacoste. And, and, again, if they get you know, anywhere near the red zone, I would imagine he's going to see at least one red zone look if they, if they can get down there. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's again, you're you're digging deep here, but speaking of that in the tight end position, Trey Burton hasn't been even close to what people wanted him to be this year, breakout wise. But now we're looking at the fact that the last two games, Chase Daniel. So, I mean, we can kind of throw a lot of things out for the Bears for the last two games. Trubisky is back. Given the state of the tight end position, is are we giving him a pass? Are we going to say, you know what, you just got to plug him back in as that fringe tight end one, which, yeah, you know, he might have a good day. He might go quiet again because he's very touchdown reliant. But, hey, guess what? It's the tight end position. What is it these days? Yeah, and, and the thing I like, too, is, is the fact that, um, you know, they're playing the Rams, so the Rams will force him to keep up. Um, and, and, you know, you're kind of exposing yourself, I think, a little to a little bit more touchdown upside in what could be a high-scoring game. So, uh, yeah, it, it, awfully tough to trust. Awfully tough. I mean, same thing with Allen Robinson, you know, uh, same thing with any of these offensive guys. But um, But if you got him, I think you fire him up this week because because again it's a potential shootout I don't know I don't necessarily know or think it'll get there uh just because I don't think Goff is a very good cold weather quarterback and I don't know what the temperatures would be like there in Chicago but um it is Sunday night so you know I would imagine it's not going to be it's not going to be balmy you know what I mean so um Goff is not a great cold weather quarterback um but still though the offense is still too good so I, I do wonder if they put up points anyway so and I'm sure they will. I, I just don't think it's going to be, you know, this crazy barn burner that people might be expecting. I, I think I, – I forgot what Vegas has it at, but it's like something in the low 50s, and I just don't necessarily uh, – I mean, look, over-unders have been destroyed this year, so <laughs> I guess it gets over 50. But, uh, but yeah, uh, will it push like that KC total? No, but, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think Trey Burton's in a pretty good spot. Um, and yeah, if you got, you know, any asset in this game, I tell you what, you're going to be hitting this game hard from a daily fantasy perspective. I think that's true for sure. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on that one. So, all right. And this is week 14 and I can't believe I'm asking. I mean, nobody thought we'd be talking about Jeff Wilson, but it's the next one is I, I still, I'm shaking my head at, it. we're talking about the bills offense and we're talking about the bills offense in a positive light. Uh, there are two questions here, James. One is. Are we finally doing Zay Jones? Like, are we, are we going to do this now? Is this the time? Are we finally <laughs> to do the second question is Josh Allen actually startable? Because somebody asked the question in the best way. Uh, kudos to the person on Twitter who asked me the question. He said, if we like Lamar Jackson, how come we don't like Josh Allen? And I said, you know what? Good question. Um, no, I, I, the funny thing is I totally like uh, Lamar Jackson. I absolutely love Josh Allen. Um, you know, my co-host uh, Kay Adams compared Josh at uh, Josh Adams, Josh Allen, <laughs> to um, to Cam Newton, and and you know it's funny, like she got flamed online for it, but you know what? I think that's an act- actually a pretty decent comp. Um, we're talking about a big guy uh, that can run the ball. He's got some moves. Um, he's, I mean, the thing is, for his size, he's a very nimble, dude, just like Cam, and yeah. and just like Cam, he's got accuracy issues. So. Yeah, I actually think that's a really, really good comp. And look, I'll just come out and say it. People can't see it because of the skin color, but it's a great comp. Um, and I think it's extremely accurate. And, um, and for me, it, yeah, I think Josh Allen, absolutely, because the rush totals um, is, a, is a absolutely a viable fantasy um, you know, quarterback. I mean, the guy's been – Look, the last two games, the guy's been on fire from a fantasy perspective. Uh, real life, not so much, but whatever. 
from a fantasy perspective, and that's all the only thing we care about in this space, he's been great. Uh, so, yeah, you should absolutely put him on the streaming radar. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but, I, I mean, I, I, there are there's going to be some spots where people are going to be considering Allen over Rodgers and Brady, given how they've played yeah. in recent weeks. I know. That's insane. We talked about that last week where, you know, Aaron Rodgers, not a must-start anymore. Tom Brady, not a must-start anymore. I felt so dirty doing it, but I was actually, because they're deeper leagues, like I'm sure you played a couple of, and I was actually excited to get Zay Jones off the waivers in a PPR. <laughs> I was like, I hate myself for this. I'm not, go back, going back to Zay Jones, I, I, nece- I don't necessarily think Zay Jones is, is a guy that I'm going to be playing. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to. 14-team PPR? I mean, that's what I was picking him up in. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. It's like I like I like Josh Allen, but I like Josh Allen because of the running, which right. means he's <laughs> not throwing. You know, uh, when he does throw, I don't know where he's going to go with the ball. Uh, he, I, it, to me, anyways, it doesn't seem like he's got a favorite target yet. Um, so I'm I'm not I'm not really too sure about the pass catchers. Look, it's kind of like it's a, it's a little bit like Willie Sneed. Um, speaking of Lamar Jackson, where yeah. there was that one game where he got you know peppered with targets, but then the next game he got nothing, and it's because right. they just it, it, Lamar just doesn't have a favorite target as of yet. Although Maybe I will say, one hundred and forty yards, whoop de do. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right, and I, I think that's I think that's kind of in Josh Allen's playbook too, which is you don't know what kind of yardage totals you're going to get, um, you know, so. I just, yeah, it's it's awfully tough to trust. I mean, obviously Zay Jones caught you know touchdowns and stuff, and so people add him, and he's definitely worth the add. I just, I think he's a stash until we kind of get a little bit better picture. I mean, look, you're in week fourteen. I, I mean, you know, it's it's mostly playoffs for for most people. <laughs> I would not feel comfortable throwing Zay yeah, Jones here's in my thing. flex, you know. When you're in, so there was two. There was a 14 team league, and then the other one was a 12 team uh, industry league. And I lost in one week: James Connor, Matt Breida, and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, so, yeah. I I had to go. That was that's oh. kind of why I was about Zay Jones. I mean, I mean, when that when that happens to you, I mean, you're kind of facing facts and saying like, hey, you know what? Probably not winning my playoff game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's what happens. You're you're hoping for lightning about. By the way, speaking of this team and everything like that, I know you have some information on the amazing Kelvin Benjamin, who's no longer one of Josh Allen's uh, <laughs> options. Yeah, you know he is. He has just been out and out bad. Um, a thirty a thirty seven percent catch rate this year. Thirty seven percent. What? That's uh, it. I, I can't even I can't even wrap my mind around that. Um, obviously, among qualified wide receivers, that's the worst in the NFL. Uh, but you know, per next gen stats, he has the worst separation stats of uh, any qualified wide receiver in the NFL this year. He came in. He's he's coming in dead last this year. Last year, he came in second to last, and the year before <laughs> that, he came in dead last. Wait, wait, who finished behind him last year? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Oh wow. Well, they're, they're, look, the thing with some of these guys, and, and, and to be fair to Kelvin Benjamin too, his game is boxing guys out. And when you are That's boxing guys out, 
Yeah, I mean, look, when you're boxing guys out, uh, you know, that basically means there's literally zero separation because the guy's literally on your back hip. Um, so that's part of their game. And, and Alshon Jeffrey's always going to have low separation numbers. Uh, one, because he gets downfield targets and separation stats downfield are, are pretty low. Uh, and two, when he gets red zone targets, uh, again, it's just like, hey, Alshon, just go post up. I'm just going to throw you a jump ball and go get it. You know, So, um, you know, th- there's going to be some of that. Now, that being said, his catch rate is not 37%. You know what I mean? So right. um, Alshon's got great hands, great hands. And uh, even despite the, the low separation numbers, you know, this guy's a great contested catch guy. Calvin Benjamin, not a great contested catch guy. You not know, so, so yeah, uh, his separation stats, worse in the league this year, second to worst last year, and worse the year before that. I, I think that tells you all you need to know uh, about how effective <laughs> of a player Calvin Benjamin is. So I'm going to pivot off something and continue with this real quick. So we had the other injury with Christian Kirk, and we're talking about the separation. And I'll bring that up now because originally we were going to talk about this, but it made me think about it. So Larry Fitzgerald, not a surprise, 75% of his snaps out of the slot, 21% of his targets coming from the slot. But to your point about separation, which – and I bring that up because the slot is generally where you already have a built-in cushion compared to everything else. Right. I, I remember looking last week, and I know this, he's third to last. He's only, like, he's only in front of, I think, Kelvin Benjamin and somebody else. I forget who the other person is. Is that concerning for you, even with Christian Kirk sidelined? Or you look at this week's matchup, and guess what? Nevin Lawson is terrible in the slot, and Larry Fitzgerald is Larry Fitzgerald, and somebody like Larry Fitzgerald th- seeing 30% of the target share. That's a different story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's basically what it is. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, too. You know, we talk about Alshon Jeffrey having great hands. I mean, does anyone have better hands than Larry Fitz? You know what I mean? He's got terrific, terrific, terrific hands. So, um, yeah, I mean, the guy's going to see 30% of the target share. There's just there's no question in my mind that's going to happen. And in terms of overall air yards, you know, right now he's seeing 32% of the air yard share over the last five weeks. So, you know, we would anticipate that number to tick up just a little bit. So maybe we're talking 30% targets, 35% air yard. And again, that 30-35 split is basically elite level. You know, there's only a handful of wide receivers that that see that kind of split. So um, not saying he's going to be Odell or Nuke, you know, because he just doesn't see those kind of targets. He just doesn't have that kind of speed anymore. Obviously, as you illustrated with your separation stats, um, but it's just too much volume to ignore. And I think the matchup is great. You know, Detroit's obviously struggled against wide receivers as of late, and I think he'll be because of where he's at. He's going to be away from Darius Slay. The matchup's great. The numbers look. The volume stats look great. Um, I, I think it's not bad. I'll give you a deep sleeper in this game. Uh, okay. <laughs> and people are going to be like, huh? Eh? Trent Sherfield <laughs> is a player that is lines up outside uh, for Arizona. Um, I think Chad Williams was their guy before, but he's hurt too, so he's out. Um, and, and Trent Sherfield is has got four, four, five speed, so he's got absolutely usable speed at the wide receiver position. He's going to line up outside, and again, Detroit's given up the third most fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to be a, a beast, but deep sleeper, if you're looking for that crazy wild card DFS tournament play, there's your guy. 
Yeah, I think that's a good call. I, I talked about him earlier this week, and I couldn't remember his first name. I remember the Sherfield part. <laughs> I couldn't remember his first name. Right, first. exactly. Well, the worst part was is the person I was doing the show with said Gary Sheffield, and then you know Gary like, Sheffield, and then you're yeah. out. You, there's yeah, no way you're remembering that name. No, you're not coming back at that point. <laughs> uh, oh. So I, I want to stick in this game real quick because so when Marvin Jones initially got hurt, and then yeah. it started sounding like he might not come back. So this is right before – this is basically the week before they announced he wasn't coming back where it started to sound like he might not. I told people to sell high if the trade deadline hadn't passed yet because we were still in that range where it might be there, it might not. And people – you were talking about people blasting. People were blasting me like, oh, you're insane. Kenny Galladay is amazing. He's blah, blah, blah. You know, the baby trying all that type of stuff. I said, look at the last three games, and this is where I'm going with it. These last three games now by himself – He's got Patrick Peterson this week. He's got Tredavious White in the Bills next week. Ooh. And he's got Xavier Rhodes or, you know, whoever, basically whoever they want to put on him the last week with the Vikings. Ooh. I don't care how good – I love Kenny Galladay. But that's why I told people to sell high. Tell me if I'm crazy in saying this, and maybe I'll get blasted for this one too, James. I don't even think he's a wide receiver two the rest of the way now. I think the tar- – here's the thing. I think the volume – would indicate that he would be he's a locked and loaded top 30 wide receiver and and when when we start talking about wide receiver twos i kind of drop it down to top 30 because you know variance um, okay. but yeah so i would say top 30 wide receiver which means in my book he's a he's a uh, a wide receiver two um over the last five weeks he's seen 27 percent of the target share at 53 roundup 54 percent of the air yard <laughs> share um that's too much volume i i mean i don't i don't think he's because of those reasons that you outlined he's not a top 10 guy there's no way he's not a top 15 guy um but i think he's got a real chance to be a top 25 guy top 20 ish guy just based purely off the volume um those are horrendous matchups and yeah, especially against patrick peterson the only you one know, missing is Ramsey. <laughs> that's right. That's or AJ Boya. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing with Patrick Peterson is that he's not traveling as much this year. I do wonder if they'll make him travel with Kenny Galladay because who else does Detroit have? Yeah. Like TJ Jones. Okay, go you ahead. Know, Beat us uh, with TJ Jones. Try. So Pat Pat Pete hasn't traveled as much this year. He's traveled a little bit. A little bit. But against Detroit, it just seems like it would be kind of silly not to have him travel with Kenny Galladay, honestly. Right. Um, and if that's the case, that's, that's trouble, man. That, that is absolute trouble. Um, but, boy, if he sees this volume, I mean, 54% of the area, that's insane. I know. That is insane. Like, it's, it's one of those, like, which is the one that breaks? Right, 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 right. So, look, I, I'll say this. Look, you are – he is an absolute, you know, guy with, with tremendous upside because of the volume. Um, and the area yard share to me really indicates a lot of, you know, uh, potential for big plays. So, um, so, you know, you're, you're exposing yourself to that. So I, I would at least, I would at least feel extremely comfortable playing him as a flex, um, you know, in 12 teamer deeper leagues, but even in 12 teamers, I think even as a wide receiver too, I still think that he is, he's got good value there um, just because of the volume. But you're right. He, he definitely, 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 as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, um, comes with downside risk too. Yeah. All right. Well, then in the same conversation, these guys, we've, and we already brought up his name, 
are you starting Corey, Corey Davis this week? Because he is the one that gets Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey, that defense is definitely not 2017 defense. But that defense started to look a little bit like it the past couple of weeks, especially with what they did to the Colts last week. I know. That's crazy. Um, I think I looked it up. But uh, I think it's the first time since 2007 or um, – it's been a long time since the team has won without scoring an offensive touchdown. It's this been a long, insane. long time. Um, but yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, they won six to nothing against and holding Andrew Luck, by the way, sh- to a shutout is, is incredible. I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think it was like eight straight games where Andrew Luck had thrown three or more touchdowns. I, I so I'm going to double check. Go ahead. But I, it's like Andrew Luck and that Colts offense was on fire. Look, they, they had protection schemes all built up. I mean, he's one of the lowest sack quarterbacks in the NFL which is incredible considering his history uh, of being sacked. Uh, and just, I mean, Jacksonville got after it. It was nuts. It was and, eight straight games. And he attempted 52 passes in that game too. Is that right? 52 pass attempts and he didn't, wow, no touchdowns. No, That's 248 amazing. and no touchdowns. On 50 pass, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's incredible. That is in. I, I, I'm gonna. Well, the last time they faced, it was just you know it was only three weeks before that. He was 21 to 29 for 285 and three touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the guy's been the guy's been lights out. Um, and then and then you think about this too, right? Um, uh, Tennessee and, and Jacksonville. Um, the last okay. time they saw each other, it was a it was a nine to six ball game. Nine to six ball game, you know, and <laughs> over under how long until you tune out tonight? <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. I, the funny thing is, I'm gonna record it and just go to the gym. Uh, there's just no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being, I'm being a hundred percent honest with your listeners right now. There's no chance in hell I'm watching this live. There's no See, chance. This is where this is why I love this. Is, I have two TVs in the living room for this specific reason. It's also like what during the baseball season because baseball is so easy to put on the second TV. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Like tonight, I can you know skip past all the boring nonsense. I could just watch and pay attention when things are important or things are happening, and like it just it, it's so it's relaxing. Um, I'll I'll probably pick this game up after like an hour and a half after it starts, so <laughs> that I can just fast forward through all the punts and commercials, which will be numerous. Um, so you're gonna pick up an hour and a half into the game. I think it just started still because it'll still be zero zero. <laughs> that's what that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And uh, you know, I'll I'll double dip that hour and ninety minutes of my life. I'll I'll go to the gym and you know do some things and uh and and then I'll I'll pick up the game. And by the time by the time I fast forward through everything, I'll probably pick it up live. So I'll be good. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, there's a 0% chance I'm watching the game live. And the funniest thing in the whole world would be this game just being a complete shootout. Of course. It's Thursday night. The last time these two teams, it was 9-6. to six. Corey Davis had, I think, 30 yards. And I'm like, nah, okay. I've got Corey Davis on a playoff team, and I'm benching him. It would, and just because, just because of the way Thursday night is – I, it would be the funniest thing in the world if this was like a 32-30 game. You know, you're like, where did this After come what from? Happened last Thursday, too. <laughs> when we had the Saints and the Cowboys do I nothing. Know. Dude, abs- oh, my gosh. That killed people. That game, that game absolutely killed people. But, yeah. yeah that, that was another one where it was like, holy crap, what happened to the offense? Like, between that, it was like luck, breeze, and golf. Like, the entire, like, last week, the offenses, the three of the biggest offenses just went to crap. It was just 
shocking. All right, so here's I got to play like a little. Uh, we'll do one to ten. We'll do a scale. How about that? Okay. These, I want to ask you these four, and at, right. you tell me one to ten your confidence level of playing these guys with your playoff stakes on the line this week, whether your playoffs haven't started or it's your first game of your playoffs. Okay. So your playoffs are on the line. Spencer Ware against the Ravens. How how one to ten? How good do you feel? Oh, negative ten. Uh, <laughs> no, the, uh, there's no chance in hell I'm playing Spencer Ware against Ravens. The Ravens are incredible. Uh, the The Ravens right. defense is in. I mean, they're just shutting people out. I mean, it's nuts. What the number that they did to Julio Jones, and I know he suffered a little bit of an injury, but um, but just completely wiping out that Atlanta defense was incredible. Um, this this team is nobody wants to see this team in the playoffs. I guarantee it. I guarantee. I mean, this team is nuts defensively. Um, very quietly, I think they have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, they they go. You know, they have three studs in, in terms of their secondary. Their linebackers are solid. Defensive front, great. Uh, and Harbaugh has shown a proclivity to be a great defensive coach too. So, nope. Um, I want no piece of Spencer Ware. Um, Spencer Ware looks like he's going to be muddled in some kind of backfield chair. They, they re-signed um, Charkandrick West. Uh, they've got multiple Williamses uh, back there too. Uh, so, no, um, I, it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a committee, and that's what I would expect. Do you, do you know how many times they've given up 20-plus points this year? The Ravens? Yeah. Oh, 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 to a running back. Oh, I have no. I, I, I'll say one. I have no idea. Once James Conner. I, I was just about to say it had to have been James Conner too, and I bet I bet you anything it was because of a touchdown. Because oh, I, of course, yeah. I guarantee you it's not because of yardage. You know, because oh no, yeah, it was yardage. It was, oh. it, yeah, it was by far. It's not even close than the best game because it was a hundred, a hundred and seven rushing, fifty six receiving. Wow. That's it's not even, and that's what I'm saying. Then it's not even wow. close. The only other person to break twenty, it was in PPR, was Christian McCaffrey. But to your point, he scored both a rushing and a receiving. Only had forty five rushing and eleven receiving. Wow. So, yeah, that's the, incredible. Your, your rushing yards totals. The last time they gave up more than sixty four rushing yards, which by the way was Alvin Kamara, was Joe Mixon in week two when he ran for eighty four on twenty one carries. So to your point, they're they've basically bottled up everybody but James Conner. The, it's just it's insane what they're doing defensively they're so good man they're so good eric i thought eric Weddle was done he's still playing at a very high level man i'm like that beard is just getting more magical i just <laughs> it's incredible I, uh, yeah is it like a tree do you think if you cut it off you can see how old he really is like <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's not even eric Weddle. maybe the beard actually is is covering up the fact that it's not actually Eric Weddle. Oh, that's a good, oh, good one. Good, you know, good point. I don't know, yeah. but they are so good um, at, at, at every cornerback spot and every secondary. They're just so good everywhere in the secondary, and it's allowed their front seven to just get after it, man. So, um, so yeah. Right, let's, see, let's see if we can get you in the positive then. Okay. How about 1 to 10, Jeff Wilson with your playoffs on the line? Oh, I like Jeff Wilson. I like Jeff Wilson a lot. Um, and it's not because I like Jeff Wilson. I know absolutely nothing of Jeff Wilson. Guys from North Texas. You think I've watched any North Texas football games? No. <laughs> Nobody did. An, another undrafted rookie in a Kyle Shanahan system. You know, the uh, I've got this stat somewhere in front of me here, but um, 
the San Francisco running backs, just as a conglomerate, okay, they average five yards a carry. And it's the fifth best mark in the NFL. And I want you to keep in mind, you know, the people that uh, that they're running out there. Raheem Mostert, you know, Matt Breida undrafted, Mostert undrafted, Jeff Wilson undrafted. I mean, it's just Plus a you have slew. To include Alfred Morris dragging that number down. Yeah, there's that too. Um, you know, and it's just it tells you how good the others have been, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's look, man. Uh, and, I, and I'll say this as a, as a unit, okay, in terms of yards gained after close, and remember this is a next-gen stat uh, elusiveness measure, uh, just in terms of yards gained after close, they lead the NFL as a unit, as a running back core. Uh, so they lead all teams. And to me it's just like I don't care who it is. If, if there's somebody with okay speed – and has dual threat ability in terms of being able to catch the ball and run the ball, they're going to do something in this system. You know what I mean? That's, right. that's what they're going to do. So I just I, – it, it doesn't even matter what, who, who it is. If it's Jeff Wilson, fine. I mean, it could be anybody. It could be you or me out there. We're getting yards. <laughs> I don't know. My vision is terrible. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so, but no, I, I mean, look, I'm being a little bit facetious here, but no, but I mean, really, right. though, Jeff Wilson has okay speed. He doesn't have good speed by any stretch of the imagination. I think he ran like a four five five or something. So, nothing great. Um, and but he is a dual threat guy. Like he catch the ball in the backfield. That was kind of one of the things uh, people liked about him coming out of North Texas is that he can he can do a little bit of everything. And and I think he'll be that dude. So, yeah. Hundred percent. Alfred Morris has been a healthy scratch for like three weeks or something. Um, uh, wait, watch. She's going to get a hundred yards and a touchdown this that week. That would be so annoying. <laughs> oh my goodness, I would be so upset. I would what be so that upset. Two thousand eighteen in a bubble, though. I mean, that's just kind of that's it, what it is. It is so true. <laughs> that's so true, man. So wait, 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 you want to know a random stat about this team? Because I was pulling it up while you were talking about it and just looking through these numbers and everything. This has nothing to do with the offense. You know, the 49ers only have one interception this year. Wow. That's, that's yeah that's, that's that is bad that's, that's that so is, shocking to me that is bad that is not yeah. good i will say this too by the way richard sherman um is still a shutdown guy um oh, and, two interceptions i'm sorry I, I i'm sorry i cut him short by one but go ahead oh, back there to you richard go there sherman. you go no but i think richard sherman is still playing an extremely high level um you know, he, he doesn't allow a, a very high completion percentage and, you know, the yardage totals that he's given up is, is some of the best in the league. Uh, touchdown totals that he's given up, some of the best in the league. So Richard Sherman's still right. uh, Which statistically. Which is why we Sutton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, statistically, he is still a one of the statistically one of the 10 best corners in in the NFL still. I feel so. like he got better with the four, like, cause I feel like he was on a downturn with the Seahawks and then he came yeah. over and it's just, it's weird with the whole injury gambling on himself. And it was just like, I, I guess, I mean, maybe the injury was that big of a deal. And maybe it's just, I don't knows? know. Yeah. I All don't right. know. So one to 10 Jalen Samuels. Um, so Jeff Wilson, I'll put a 10 because I, I really, I'm, I'm very oh, yeah, confident in Jeff Wilson. Um, for, for Jalen San, Samuels, I'm going to say a six. I'm just. Is the other four Steven Ridley? Yeah. You know, because, because <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, I, I read this from a, a reporter over at the, uh, 
Tribune Live, which is, you know, uh, one of the local papers there in Pittsburgh. But um, one of the reporters there basically did a, a good write-up on uh, Jalen Samuels. And he's never had, even going back to college, he's never had more than 12 carries in a single game. Yeah. And, and you take that one out, and his next highest would be nine carries. So this is not a guy that has really – touched the rock that much he was a change of pace kind of do it all slash type uh running back receiver in college and and in my view i i think that is what they'll use him as in pittsburgh i know he was i think he himself announced himself as the starter if i'm not yeah i saw that where he's like i'm gonna get the lead but we're gonna split i was like what's what's, what are players announcing these things right so it, it wasn't the coaching staff um saying it and and i'm not saying he's mistaken i'm not saying that at all um it's very 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 feasible and and probable really that he gets the starting nod but i just think people for example people are like oh yeah pittsburgh running backs it doesn't like they're like yeah they're they're talking like pittsburgh running backs like i'm talking about shanty running backs right which is like oh it doesn't matter you just plug and play a guy in there and he's going to be good to go and it's like, oh, well, look at D'Angelo Williams. And it's like, oh, look at James Conner. I'm like, well, look at D'Angelo Williams the second time. He was awful. Yep. Look at Fitzgerald Toussaint. He Thank was, you. He was awful. Like, it, it's, it's weird that people just cherry pick these things and just like, oh, well, it's an automatic that these guys are just going to be dope. And it's like, well, what about these other guys? <laughs> Like, well, I don't understand. Like, what, what happened here? It's like, are we just com- we're conveniently forgetting Fitzgerald Toussaint was terrible? Like, I don't understand. D'Angelo Williams' the second go-around was awful. So, no, it's not a, it's not a given that, um, that these guys are just going to be dope. And also, I, I know that Tomlin wants to just use one guy. That, that's the part where I'm a little bit confused, you know? What happens if if, there, if Tomlin does the Tomlin thing and Jalen Samuels just get literally just gets ninety percent of the snaps? Uh, that's that's I'm with you on that. Then all of a sudden it's like it doesn't matter how ineffective or effective he is because he's getting so many snaps and because he's getting so many touches and carries. Like he's absolutely going to be worth the start. I just I guess I'm just not sure. Well, and, I'm also because like what if that what if it's Ridley that he does that with? Yeah, that's my point. Maybe maybe it's Jalen Samuel to start one series, and literally it's Stephen really for for the rest of the game. Uh, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me. So and like it's like I bring this up online, and people are like, "You're stupid." And I'm like, "Why? <laughs> Why?" It's I mean, it, it, we talk about this all the time, but when guys get injured mid game, you can't really take a lot from that depth chart because that's not how it goes with a full week of preparation. Right. Steven Ridley might not have gotten a full week of prep. You see what I'm saying? As the lead guy. But if Connor goes down, it's yes, it's next man up for that particular game. The next man up for that particular game was Jalen Samuels. But if you have an entire week of preparation, maybe it's not that guy. That, that's just the point that I would make. Now, I, again, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't think it's a given that Jalen Samuels is going to be the lead dog. I don't know. That That's just my my thing. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm definitely concerned as you are, and this is the, probably the last one. That's why. And then we close things out with the Vikings and Seahawks real quick. But 
the Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler situation because everybody saw it and everybody yeah. saw that Justin Jackson looked better. And then we have this talk about the, the, the concerning part I have is that we have the team coming out and saying and talking about the fact that Austin Eckler starting to wear down because they use him on special teams and all that type of stuff. At the same time, it wouldn't be the first time we've ever seen this happen, James, where the coaches weren't being truthful. <laughs> I don't like if Jackson leads the way, wouldn't surprise me. If Eckler leads the way, wouldn't surprise me. If it's 50 50 down the middle, that's actually kind of where I'm leaning with this one. So, how do you feel one out of 10 with these two? Um, I mean, they are what they are. They're way for wire backs, you know, and, and I think they're both worth flex plays. I think they're both worth flex plays. Um, I, I, I think it was your podcast where I, I was basically saying, like, I, I don't think they're going to use Austin Eckler more than they have. Right. Um, and I think Justin Jackson was going to be, you know, a, a big part of their game plan. Um, and, and I think that just kind of, you know, bore itself out. The bottom line is I love Austin Eckler. Love him. I think he's a great player. Um, but he is not an every down player. He's not an every down back. That's just not his role. That's not the role that's best suited for him. I think the role that's best suited for him is the way that Ken Wisenhut was using him all throughout the year before Melvin Gordon went down. Kind of an, a, a, a change of pace, do everything kind of guy. You know, they, look, Wisenhut, because of this guy's speed, was using him as an out wide wide receiver because he's a matchup problem. If, if, you, if you show a strong set, you know, let's say you're showing I formation and all of a sudden Austin Eckler comes from the fullback position and then splits out way wide. And now he's got a linebacker on him out wide. <laughs> that's a huge matchup problem. But right. that's how w- Wisenhunt was using him. He, he was using him out wide. He's using him in the slot. He's using him in the backfield. Um, and, yeah, they use him on special teams too because, again, he is a, a special athlete. He's just not built to be an every-down running back. That's where Justin Jackson gets a little bit of play. So, I don't know. I think for me overall, um, you know, uh, it's going to be a 50-50 split, and that's probably the best way to use both, both players. All right. I'm with you on that one. All right. Last one. We'll get out of here. The Vikings Seahawks game. And I bring this up because I know you have a lot of next gen little goodies here for this because we've seen what the Seahawks have done this year. We've seen what happened with the whole slot wide receiver position and shutting people down unexpectedly. And then all of a sudden people are talking about it afterwards, which is always what we love to see. But as you have dug up and know, it's it's kind of telling. And I'll just, Alex, I'll let you go with it. Yeah, so the Seahawks have, have not allowed a single touchdown to a receiver lined up in the slot. <clears throat> and they've allowed the second fewest yards to receivers lined up in the slot this year as well. As we know, Adam Thielen lines up primarily in the slot. I think something like 65% of his snaps are from the slot. So um, so we know, so we know that, um, it's not a terrific matchup for Adam Thielen in the slot. And it's, it's funny, man. Rams Twitter has come for my head on this tweet. <laughs> and the reason being saying Cooper cup <clears throat> scored a touchdown and had, I think 90 yards in one half against the Seahawks. And the, the thing that I had to gently point out, and people don't want to buy it, and people think I have some kind of agenda. Guys, I don't have an agenda. It's the stats are the stats. Like, Come on. Everything we say has an agenda. Come on, James. I'm like, the stats are the stats, guys. Like, I'm not it, – It's they are what they are. And, they, and somebody screenshotted me a, a shot of, of Cooper Cup, <clears throat> what appears to be, you know, lined up. And, and I'm like, yeah, but he's not in the slot. He's lined up tight. 
You know, he, he's lined up as a second tight end um, or, or as an H-back almost, you know? And they're like, no, 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 that's the slot. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I, you know, if that's what you want to believe, then that's what you want to believe. It's all good, you know? But the, the stats are the stats, man. So the Seahawks haven't allowed a single touchdown and the second fewest yards to receivers lined up in the slot. But I will say this, though. I will say this. Out wide, they're a little susceptible. Out wide. Because wide receivers lined up out wide, the Seahawks have allowed the ninth most yards and the second most touchdowns. They've allowed 12 touchdowns in 13 games um, to receivers lined up out wide. That's a ton. That is an absolute ton. And, yeah. and we know that Diggs lines up out wide You know, the vast majority of the time. Diggs lines up out wide 71% of the time. But Thielen gets out there too. And something like, like I said, something like 35 or 40%, he's going to get out wide too. So he'll get some looks out there. Um, I'm just saying, you know, maybe expect a somewhat of a somewhat muted day for Adam Thielen. That would just be my thing. I I don't think he's going to be a bust. He just seems too much targets and too many, too much air yards to be a bust. Uh, And he's too good of a player to be a bust. But I I do, I would say a little bit of a muted day. On the flip side, are are you severely concerned about Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett then because of how few attempts Russell Wilson has and the fact that they're facing the Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes situation? I it, it's the Seahawks. Are, I just don't understand what to make of their passing offense because they don't throw <laughs> the ball at all, right? And they have the 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 lowest pass attempts in the NFL, the lowest. And so, uh, all right, wait, I, I want to play a game with you. I want you to try and guess because I, I have these numbers because I talked about them earlier this week. All right. First guess. Do you want to guess what Russell Wilson's touchdown percentage rate is? I'm, it, I'm going to say double digits. Um, and I know that's rare, but I'll say double digits. I'll say like 11%. 13.4%. Insano. <laughs> All right. Do you want to guess his highest completion total in a game where he had three-plus touchdowns? The completion per, uh, this was last week, wasn't it? Didn't he have like he had something like th- four touchdowns on like eight passes, something stupid like that? It was like ridiculous. <laughs> was I mean, it was four and eleven and seventeen, but yeah, he's ha- he's never completed twenty passes in a game where he's had three plus touchdowns. It's insane what he's doing right now, um, <laughs> and it's on the crazy like positive side of a variant. Like when you define outliers, this is out. This is it right here. Oh, this yeah, this is, is the it, bell right curve, and this is the one dot that's, like, not even on the page. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And you're like, what? what is that one? Oh, that's Russell Wilson, 2018. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, that's what that one is. It's like, all right. This is, like, on the most crazy side of positive, you know, variants. And it's, it's weird, too, because I was saying a few weeks ago, like, sell Tyler Lockett. Like, there's no way he's going to get 14 touchdowns because that's what he was on. He was on a 14-touchdown pace. And I'm like, there's just no way, not with the area's targets, you know, pass attempts being as low. There's just no way he's getting to 14 touchdowns. I mean, it's like, I mean, <laughs> the way that they're throwing touchdowns, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And everything in my, in my body is telling me don't play Tyler Lockett because it's a bad matchup. It's not enough volume. But I'm going to roll him out there. Yeah. I'm going to roll him out there because <laughs> every week he's catching a touchdown. I just don't know what to do. Look, it, it, Russell Wilson, um, you know, if you're wondering how he's staying afloat, um, I'll give out this one stat, you know, which is basically air yards per attempt. And so air yards do matter for, for receivers. It matters for quarterbacks too. Um, and Russell Wilson averages 9.2 air yards per throw. 
It's the third highest in the NFL among qualified quarterbacks, just trailing Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky, both players who obviously are doing extremely well um, as well. So when you're, you could look this up on, on the next gen stats website. I, I think it's an important stat um, because it does indicate, you know, quarterback upside. Um, and, and, and to me, there are two other quarterbacks that are in that mix too, but they're not qualified as of yet. Um, it's uh, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick because they've split so many games. Um, mm-hmm. But they're both up there as well. And guess what? Both have been absolutely usable fantasy players. You know what I mean? So when you look at that top, it, it really gives you an idea um, of kind of hidden gems that could be lurking. So, so yeah, I think, um, I, I think it's an important stat that people definitely need to start paying attention to. Fair enough. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to dig into that some more as well. All these next-gen stats, all the good stuff that James Co. always brings every Thursday. Uh, once again, I'll let you do it. Remind everybody. I know we do it all the time, but I want to make sure because uh, come to find out, there are still people just tuning in at this point of the year, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on DirecTV's Fantasy Zone. It's uh, DirecTV Channel 704, an hour before kick every Sunday. Um, and, uh, yeah, just find me on Twitter. Oh, on the athletic as well. My column comes out every Friday, so you can catch it tomorrow on Friday and on Twitter at James Deco. Um, I try to answer as many questions, uh, as I humanly can. And, uh, and there you go. While spinning your agenda. <laughs> spinning my agenda. Right. The stats are the stats, you idiots. Stop <laughs> it. All right. Thanks, James. We'll talk right. next week. All right. See you. Once again, everybody, that was James Coe. Following David Wright, formerly of the New York Mets, one of the best ever. It's a great show today. I, I honestly don't even care if you review and rate it and give it five stars because I'm giving it five stars myself. But I, I would appreciate if you still do that. And as I mentioned before, I'm going to figure out something with some T-shirts to give out. I'll be back for the Patreon Monday. This podcast, Tuesday, as always. Well, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You guys know this by now. I'll talk to you next week. I don't know why I just can't call the number. Because <laughs> I don't I don't have a number. Alright. There, there there's no such thing as a number anymore. I gotta di- I gotta download an app and hit nine hundred numbers and follow all these instructions. Just have a phone call.